0: Coming up, how anger repels wealth. But first, welcome to Imagine Peace, the podcast that invites you on a transformative journey toward a world filled with harmony and understanding. Together, let's ignite the flame of peace within ourselves and radiate it outward, so we can have a future where unity prevails. This is Imagine Peace, where dreams become reality. Join us as we explore the power Beauty of diversity and the potential for positive change. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Imagine Peace. I'm Marbeth Dunn, along with my co-host, Terry Angel. And today, we have the wonderful privilege of interviewing a wonderful, wonderful woman that I had the good fortune to meet many years ago. It's Randy Pizer and she gets people book deals with publishers. She ghostwrites and edit, bu- edits books, and she offers book coaching, and she pitches manuscripts to top literary agents and publishers. Her author's books have been Wall Street Journal and USA Today's bestsellers, uh, bestsellers in Cosmo Time and Oprah magazines, optioned for Hollywood film and in airport bookstores. She is the author of Crappy to Happy, as seen in the movie Eat, Pray, Love, and the Power of Miracle Thinking. Welcome, Randy. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. So you wrote a really beautiful story, and I would love for you to share that with our with our viewers today. So last
1: month. I wrote this one-page story, but it's almost incorrect to say that I wrote it because I really downloaded it and from sentence to sentence. I did not know where this story was going or how it would end. So it was as much a surprise to me as to anyone who hears it. But this story is really moving people and it's starting conversations all over the place. And this story is called The Peace Whisperer. So it's just a one-pager except. I wrote it in 18-point font, so while I'm on podcasts or talking about it, I can actually see it. And so it's a little bit more than one page, than my version, but it is a short one-page story, really. So this is called The Peace Whisperer. Fergus was a peace whisperer. Eons before humans began to quarrel over anything and everything they could quarrel about, he transcended the earthly plane and was given the chance to assume a new heavenly position. It was a fitting assignment for Fergus. He cared not for squabbles that began with it's mine, not yours, and ended with wounded souls, egos, and bodies. To prepare for his new assignment, he spent a millennium in the halls of higher learning where he absorbed the knowledge of the mystics and the compassion of the saints. And at last, when the Great War began and people divided themselves into camps of us and them, Fergus was at the ready. The Great War was not a battle with sticks and stones. It was a prevailing attitude where people worldwide turned against one another if their beliefs did not match. Both the us's and the them's held firm that they were right and the others were wrong. It mattered not if an issue involved a neighbor's fence, a country's borders or a religious or political viewpoint. When it came down to it, the interactions between the us's and them's always played out like two five-year-olds arguing over a toy. Fergus sighed. What could he possibly whisper into the ears of humans to bring about peace? There was so much discord among humans that task seemed impossible. He wrinkled his brow feeling utterly discouraged. Still, an assignment was an assignment, so he bit his lip and lit a candle. Sitting in silence, he softened his gaze and watched as the colors in the flame danced from blue to beige to yellow. Suddenly, he brightened because he knew exactly what to do. One by one, he whispered into the ears of each of the uses and them's, but he did not speak words. Instead, he filled each person with the essence of love, for there were no words that could ever bring about peace. Only love would ever melt each person's heart. Fergus smiled. He had solved the puzzle that had kept the us's and them's divided for millennia. Love was the only truth that would always lead the us's and them's to peace. The more Fergus whispered love, the more he filled with it himself. And the more people felt connected with one another, but thanks to Fergus, the day finally came when there were no more uses and them's, and the only thing that existed between all humans was love.
0: It's so beautiful, really it's beautiful, perfect. Yeah.
1: And you know, even as I as I was writing it, what what is Fergus going to whisper? I did not know until it just poured through. So for which I, you know, it's just really thrilled. It's like, oh, wow.
0: Well, let's talk world peace. <laughs> That's a great opener. And how do we create world peace, peace between ourselves and, and everyone else on the world?
1: You know, right before the podcast started, you mentioned a phrase about the unified field. Many years ago, I was at a business conference and people help one another with whatever their magical projects are, whatever their big dreams are, their big, audacious dreams. And so it's around 10 at night and I'm walking down a hallway and there's another person walking towards me. We're the only people who apparently are in that hallway at the time that are part of that conference. And this man comes up to me and he tells me that on November 17th, 2009, he had an experience that was life changing. And I said, excuse me, I have to interrupt you because November 17th is my birthday. And so he had this little bit of a grin. And he sat down for an hour. He talked with me about this experience that he had. And I could have listened for five hours. I was so blown away by by what I heard and what I learned from him. So this man, his name is Don Saunders. And from the time he was 11 years old, he would look up at the night sky and just kind of ask and wonder, how does this all work? And it was kind of like a question he asked over the years, how does this all work? And when he was 56 years old, he received an answer from the universe. So what happened was he woke up, his body was completely paralyzed in tetany, completely. And he could, all he could see was the clock at the foot of his bed. He couldn't speak, but he said for 23 minutes, the hard drive of his brain was deleted. And in one minute he received the knowledge of the universe. And what he saw was what you would call like the, the unified field. He saw the knowledge in it. And he said, we, we all have access to every bit of knowledge that exists. It's all in the unified field. So each of us has the capacity to contribute our sense of peace, our sense of love into that field so that others of vibrating frequency can latch on to that, can access that. So some years ago, actually in 2012, I went through breast cancer, chemo, and radiation. I was fighting for my life every day. And I had just gotten off of radiation. I had been through this journey for about a year and I was wow. But I was invited to go to a business conference of all things, a very like spiritual business kind of community, a lot of people. And the husband and wife who were part of that conference, who owned that that, that uh, business National Business Network, they invited me as their guests. They sponsored me to come. They said, we just want to help you get back on your feet. And so here I am fighting for my life, fighting for my life every day. Am I going to be alive at the end of this day? And all of a sudden, in the juxtaposition, I am in a five-star luxury hotel in Lake Las Vegas, and I'm on the sixth floor of my room waiting for my luggage to be brought up. I have a bamboo hole with me because that was my cane. I was frail. I had you know, I had very little hair on my head, but there I was in this wonderful environment, and just like in shock that I could be in a wonderful environment. And I'm in my room, and there's a glass door, sixth floor, and then there's a balcony, and I can see the owner of this co- this, this conference, and he's walking from one side, it was like a u-shaped hotel, and I'm in the middle. And he's walking from one side of that hotel, you know, but six floors below on the ground outside and he's walking from one side to the other and he has his head down and he's walking and I was so grateful for what he and his wife were doing I said it out loud behind a glass door and a balcony and there was no way he physically could have heard me and I said thank you Bernie I love you because that's his name and when I said his name he was walking and all of a sudden he just looked up and then looked back down and kept walking and i got the lesson in a split second there is no time there is no space whatever emotion we are sending out it is received immediately so can the question for me is can i be that source of love now and if i can't get all the way to love with someone can i at least get to neutral <laughs> you know so you know i think each of us has the capacity to do the work that we can do. It's really beautiful. Thank you. You know, many years ago I got to interview, I I was editor-in-chief of a national mind, body, spirit magazine. And I worked, I wrote for those magazines for years, a number of them all over the country and some in Europe. And one of the people I interviewed is somebody we wouldn't even really equate with spirituality so much. But boy, the spiritual lesson I learned from her was phenomenal, and that is Susie Orman, big financial, financial, you know, guru in our country, in the U.S. And she told me this story that I call "Anger Repels Wealth." And so, wherever we're holding,
0: that.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So wherever we're holding anger, we are repelling all of our good. And so, I want to share the story that Susie told me because you know i just shared a story about you know like our our whatever emotion we're sending out it is received immediately so Susie told me this story she's in gridlock traffic downtown new york rush hour traffic and she looks out the window of the limo of course and she sees a man squatting on the sidewalk as each person is going by she she can see the man saying lot a cigarette a cigarette she's thinking "Ah, this man's not even asking for money he's just asking for a cigarette she looks in her purse and she sees she has 75 dollars so she's saying to herself i'm going to blow his mind i'm going to give him all 75 dollars she takes the money out of her purse she has her hand on the door handle and she's about to to open that door and give him the money but what happens is the couple walks by the man and as the couple walks by and he says you got a cigarette and they don't reply. They ignore him. He's spit in their direction. She said she saw that. She took her hand off the door, put her money back in the purse. And here's the kicker. She said, he didn't know what good was about to come his way, but his anger repelled
0: it. Whoa! <laughs> That's what tragic. can we learn from this lesson? Wow. Very wow. Powerful. So, so let's ha- talk about, about
1: letting go. You say okay. that letting so go isn't hard. Can you know, letting me- go is not hard. You know, I, the first book I wrote, Crappy to Happy, which, which, to my surprise, wound up in the movie Eat, Pray, Love. You know, I'm sitting in a movie theater opening night of Eat, Pray, Love, and there's Julia Roberts in a bookstore scene buying my crappy to happy book. In the you know, I had no idea, <laughs> it was quite a moment. And so, one of the things that I wrote in, in my crappy to happy book was that letting go is not hard because I thought about the leaves on a tree. Maple tree grew up in New England. When it's their time to fall, those leaves just come off. So what I discovered is that it's not letting go that's hard. It's the gripping, it's the holding on that's hard. Because when we let go, boom, it's gone. And I wanna share with you an experience of letting go that happened for me. So back in the eighties, I worked for a bully. I was working in a nonprofit and I worked for a man who was an intimidator and a bully to the point where here I was in my thirties, I'd often just go outside and have tears in my eyes because this man was so abusive, the entire staff. He was just like another friend would say a little petty tyrant that he was definitely an LPT, a little petty tyrant and eventually after some years, and I just stuck it out there. This man died. And I would do what I considered forgiveness work. But then later on, I'd be thinking about him, and I'd be swearing in my mind. It's like, okay, got some more forgiveness work to do here. And I would do it from time to time. I took like grains of rice, I put them in water, and I forgive you for harming me in word, deed, and action, and you know, do all these kinds of rituals. But still, when I thought about him later on, that anger was still seething there somewhere and about seven years went by and i wasn't thinking of this man but i had a lucid experience very lucid experience i mean how do you know something's real you have not experience yourself so i see him and he's standing in front of a chalkboard because this is way before whiteboards <laughs> and so he's standing behind you know in front of a chalkboard and he points and to the chalkboard. And I said to myself out loud in in this lucid experience, oh, he's teaching me something. And in that second, I received a transmission of love that's greater than anything I've ever experienced on the earth plane. And I realized this man is making his amends to me from beyond the veil. And it led me to conclude that the only place, and I mean the only place that ultimately all of us are going to is love. That's it. So I asked myself, can I be that source of love now? And if I can't, then I, like I said, I try to get to neutral.
0: Well, that's beautiful. You know, I've had similar experiences from behind the grave, and it's really powerful when you realize that everything even these awful experiences that you have with people are actually based, they come from all comes from love. And it's all a learning experience. So that's really powerful. Yes, it is. And
1: if you have somebody who's a difficult person in your life, you know, years ago I worked with a healer who has since passed. Her name was Reverend Lewis, Dolores Lucas, and she was lovingly called Mama. And she said she would she would do a prayer which I love, and she just said, you know, please, God, show this person their next highest step. And then she would follow it up by saying, and some of those steps are a doozy. <laughs> I always like that, but, but, you know, that's, the, that's the kind of prayer or blessing that you could say for absolutely anyone, you know, please show them their next highest step.
0: You know, you know a little bit about our uh, 10 million for world peace project. What are your thoughts about meditation and creating a greater peace in the world?
1: So years ago, I used to sit with, of all things, Hanukkah candles that took an hour and 20 minutes to burn out. And I sat in silence with those candles. And I only asked one question, which is what is the most loving thing I can do for me right now? And, you know, and so I was in at the time I was in a dark night of the soul kind of experience, you know, where everything has collapsed. This was like back in the 90s where the job I'm working is gone. My identity attached to that job was gone. Just everything, you know, just kind of like the slate was cleared. And I say, why did they call it a dark night of the soul? Shouldn't it be like the dark year and a half of the soul? <laughs> That's not just one night. And so a very dear friend of mine, actually music partner of mine, Deborah who Deborah said, whenever she was in crisis, she would ask, what's the most loving thing I can do for me right now? And so I listened to that, take a walk, do the dishes, until you know whatever it was, cry, lie in your bed and you know, wrap yourself up in blankets and cry, whatever it was. And so one day I heard, sit. Okay, so I'm sitting at the time where I could actually sit cross-legged on a living room carpet. And so I'm sitting on the carpet and I ask again, what's the most loving thing I could do right now? And I hear nothing. So I sat and did nothing. And then I figured, oh, you know, I can light some candles. And my father was always giving to charities in Israel. So I had a ton of Hanukkah candles that he used to get and send to me. And so I would sit with those candles and it took an hour and almost an hour and 20 minutes for them to burn out. And within two weeks, I felt so silent inside, I felt like I could hear the silence of a flame. And from that place, I just started thinking of stories from my life. I started writing them, not knowing that would lead me on my entire path, you know, to not only write my crappy to happy book, but then help other people and, you know, see this huge thing evolve where now I help a lot of people get, first time authors get book deals. But it all started from that sitting and doing nothing and asking, what is the most loving thing i can do for me right now that's a powerful practice
0: meditation is very powerful and what we've discovered is that when we can join minds in the field of of love and peace and miracles that unified field that miracles can happen so um Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, but your experience with meditation is very, very powerful. So how do you think that your inner peace leads to like a a world peace?
1: I think it has to do with that, both the ripple effect and the unified field. That the more of us who are united in peace, who are not into separation with anyone. And this this is tough. This is big work. You know, so for example, a homeless gal set up a tent outside of my property a couple months ago. And that put me into separation, put me into fear. And if there's only love or fear, I was definitely in fear. And I had to come to grips with that. And I realized that I had to ask myself the question, is it safe? Is it appropriate? And it was neither safe nor appropriate. So, I felt okay about taking action because I come with no agenda, no attachment to anything, but I am only looking for the highest and best outcome for everyone. The highest and best outcome was not for this tent to be set up outside my place, it just wasn't. And so, I felt okay about calling the city where I live. And, you know, they had resources for her whether she chose to avail herself of them or not i don't know but i'm looking to to not be in separation with
0: anyone and that's really big work Yeah, it is big work thank you so much how can people reach you randy
1: the easiest place is you know through my website the contact page and my website is authoronestop.com. author one author The one is spelled out. It's not the number. It's O-N-E, authoronestop.com.
0: Fabulous. Thank you so much, Randy. This has been wonderful. We've enjoyed you. And uh, thank you so much. Imagine Peace is brought to you by 10 Million for World Peace. Join our daily seven-minute guided meditations for world peace and monthly healing circles at 10millionforworldpeace.org. Together we can create a peaceful, happy planet.